drop. Story Fort presents Voices of Tree Fort Music Fest. Yes, we do. We do. We are your hosts. I am Larry Rosen, and he is Christian Wynn. And we have a treat for our listeners today, don't we, Chris? We absolutely do. The Latino Card. The Latino Card. We have... The Latino Card is a podcast. So this is the first time we're doing some podcast-on-podcast action. Pod-on-pod. Pod-on-pod. Yes. Uh, we just finished a great conversation with uh, one of the Latino Card hosts, Rebecca De Leon. Uh, her co-host, JJ Saldana, was not able to be here. In his stead, producer Ashley Miller sat in and fired off. Yeah, uh, how many <laughs> times did she say, you're killing me? I'm going to go with eight. Yeah, over under is <laughs> I don't eight know. So, yes. Anyways, it was a great conversation. Uh, the podcast, Rebecca explained to us, really is intended as a bridge between Idaho's growing Latino community and its very large white community. We talked a lot about that. We talked about how the podcast came together. We talked about some anecdotes. Anecdotes, some stories behind some of their guests, as mm-hmm. well as sort of what to expect from the Latino card at Story Fort 2020. Yes, because they will be uh, doing a live podcast and another event. Uh, They're going to be on the Story Fort main stage, all likely, in all likelihood, kicking off the fest on the Wednesday, the 25th of March at noon. So that's going to be fantastic. But they'll be on our main stage, which will be at the Idaho State Museum, formerly known as the Idaho Historical Museum, just on Capitol Boulevard. So you can look for all that info at treefortmusicfest.com and on at Storyfort and on our page there and all around our social media platforms. Right. So enough of us. I think I say that every time. Enough of us. Enough of us. Uh, it was a delightful conversation. It was really enjoyable. So let's get to it. All right. Enjoy. The voices you are hearing are our guests today, Rebecca and Ashley from The Latino Card. Before we get into anything else, is The Latino Card what I think it is the name? You're pulling the Latino card. Yes, exactly. Mm. So anytime, the, the reason why we named it that was anytime that we bring up any kind of issues about, not even just about race or racism. There she goes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, get, we get accused of like, you're pulling the race card. And so we decided to lean in and call it the Latino I card. I like that. That's yeah. a good, bold move. And then you've done 25 episodes, 26 have not been at, as of this recording, you've mm-hmm. done 25 episodes on a bi-weekly now basis. Yeah, every two weeks, one comes out on Friday. It's pretty irregular sometimes. So we've had special episodes. Like we just had a special episode where we were recording live from a BSU game. Mm, Um, So that was kind of special. So it didn't follow the schedule. And then sometimes we just have mini episodes. And it's. Was that with the super fan, the one from the BSU game? Mm -hmm. I listened to that one. El Voodoo Daddy. (laughs) El Voodoo Daddy. I mean, I've not listened to this one yet, but that's like bucket list uh, to be named El Voodoo Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is that it's El Voodoo Daddy or the BSU pimp like, yeah okay. google them either or i suppose most of us go through life without one good nickname <laughs> he's, <laughs> got, yes. he's got two so when you were putting together the concept for the podcast what were some things that you thought were must-haves because what triggered this for me was the idea of consistency to me i think that's one of the hallmarks of a podcast be show up every week right. so what were some of your things you were going to emphasize when you started uh, Rebecca can speak to that because, like, full disclosure, I came in after... You replaced Nicole Foy, right? No, 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 oh, no, Oh, you no. did not. Um, so how it came... They had their idea, and then they came to me for the tech aspect. Because what you can't tell if you're listening to this, I am white. I am not <laughs> Latino. And that goes... That's important because I always feel like I have to be up front because I'm, I worry I come off as, like, the white savior. Just like, yeah, look, I do this podcast for the, for the Latino, Latino community. community. Yes. Yeah. So I always like to disclaim, like, oh, by the way, this is not mine I just do the that definitely puts you in in a unique spot right yeah it's hard because like I get as well accused of pulling the card on their behalf which is a very weird kind of like oh you're defending them and I'm like of course what 
defending that. I don't really. It's yeah. Not very what's to defend? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah, so, but yeah, Rebecca can go more yeah. into detail about how. This I'd like separate. to know maybe also, Mr. Rosen, who else is on your podcast who's not in the room today oh, with us? Yeah. I think that would be good oh, to establish. Very nice. that. Yeah. Very nice. So we have our other. So it's Rebecca and JJ Saldana with what is JJ's job title? He is the um, person. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's the person. guy who gets things done. I think <laughs> at the Idaho you Commission on Hispanic Affairs. Okay. Yeah. Great. So his official job title I think is education and communications director which are two kind of weird things to be directors of yes and then originally for the first 10 episodes we had Nicole Foy who was a reporter with the Idaho Press at the time and then she left and we didn't replace her Uh, it's just the two of them and then we have we have a couple of guests that are regulars Hmm. but no permanent replacement it's just the two of them right and other than your regular guests what are the criteria for getting guests well it's kind of hard to answer because part of it is we want to keep in mind current events. And so if there's something really crazy happening, you know, we'll invite somebody on who can speak to that. And current events are, I mean, it's nebulous, but it's also kind of not specifically time sensitive. Well, but yeah, you bring up a good point because that is something that any sort of newsy podcast has to consider is how much are we going to be dependent on current events versus wanting to have evergreen episodes. Right. And is this something that you've evolved with? Or did you start out knowing, well, it's a, it's a newspaper-sponsored podcast. We're just going news. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It has evolved so much. So the idea that we had when we originally started has turned into something different. And I think that Nicole Foy leaving really made that kind of a jagged left turn into what it is now. So originally, um, it was very much a news commentary podcast. Mm-hmm. And Nicole Foy, she was a reporter. And so she, we would often, she was a Hispanic affairs reporter with the, um, mm-hmm. the Idaho Press. And so the podcast was put together so that we could comment on the news that she was reporting on in the Latino community and so it followed you know when the pesticides were sprayed on the farm workers in Parma and they got sick she did a lot of coverage for that we talked about that we brought in advocates for farm workers we brought in Leo Morales who's the executive director of the ACLU right when there were all of those scares that ICE was going to be coming and doing all those sweeps in the weekend and so we thought that was pretty timely and then we we also just had a lot of evergreen you know this person is somebody you should know this is someone who does whatever in the community, you know, in between those. And so it, you know, we, we had our plans and then if something happened, we were, we would just kind of adapt for that. And so that's what it kind of started out as. And our philosophy going into it, Nicole had been doing this unprecedented beat of Hispanic affair coverage in Canyon County, mostly. And, you know, nobody had really successfully done that. And so she comes in and she just really kind of blows everybody's world open. And so we, we were like, we need to kind of build on this, make it something Advance bigger. Advance the stories. Right. And so the idea was that this podcast was kind of going to help bridge the gap, which is always kind of like a hokey thing to say, but it was trying to bridge the gap between the Latino community and the non-Latino community. So, you know, Idaho, I think, is very unique in that we we have it's almost incredibly almost 100% white I think it's 89% across the state white and then there's a Latino community that's I think it's 14% statewide and then here in the Treasure Valley Boise Meridian Nampa and Caldwell the the percentage of Latinos is much higher. However, just because of the way that Idaho has been established for such a long time, we're, we're actually very segregated here. Mm. And so, um, you know, I've I, for the past three and a half years, I have been working for a national nonprofit organization, and I have been able to travel the, the United States and see how the Latino communities work in it's a sexual assault and domestic violence prevention. So I was able to see how they work in different states and how they interact with the communities around them. And that's when I was really able to open my eyes and see that here in Idaho, we are not integrated. Even though Latinos are a huge part of our community, we really don't talk to each other that much. Not to put this dude on blast, but I dated a white guy and we went to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant once and he tried to eat at the mall with like the corn husks still on it. Oh no, that's I guess that's a yeah. white guy move. I, guess, I don't know. And he was born and raised in Boise. And hmm. so, um, you know, we really, we just don't talk to each other. I, I did that the first time many, oh, many years ago. But yeah, I blew my mind. I yeah. just didn't know that yeah. 
anybody would even think to do that but i guess it makes sense but the the idea when we started to we wanted to bridge that gap and explain to the white people in the area like these are issues that we care about and these are our perspective because most of them just didn't know well, yeah so i would say that just a chime in on that too but thanks for giving a perspective to our worldwide audience like the idaho situation <laughs> if you don't for if sure. you don't live near boise you might not understand that but that was well well put but Thank you. i i just I'm curious, you know, I mean, I guess with StoryFort, um, we definitely want to give voices to um, a number of communities that don't often enter kind of a, a music festival lineup, if you will. So I, mm-hmm. I, we, I'd say a lot of what you just spoke to is definitely something we've been trying to bring and have brought the last couple of years to StoryForce. It's very cool to, that we're working together this year to kind of throw that up excited. all the more. So Larry, you had a question. I was going to say, I, it's fascinating what you just said. We were talking before we started rolling about your audience and who you perceive your audience in and who you intend your audience to be. So you pretty much just told me who you want your audience to be in part. How does that shape the way you present information on the show? Oh man, that's an excellent To assume that question. you know we're trying to reach out rather than, as we said, I spoiler alert for listeners, I do a podcast for and about Jews and we don't assume non-Jews are listening. We're like, it's us. If you want to listen in, go for it. <laughs> What's the name of that podcast? It's called, Is It Good for the Jews? <laughs> And they, but really, and I've since found that, yeah, a lot of Gentiles do listen, but we are sort of giving them a glimpse. Mm-hmm. We're not reaching out. We're like, here we are. If you want to listen in, that's fine. But it sounds like you'd rather, you want to reach out. So how does that impact the way you present information and the information you present? And- that is a, such a good question because honestly, it's a question that I have been struggling with. So we we did want to have two audiences. We want the Latinos you know, to be able to see themselves represented in media, you know, but and there are so many things that play into the way it evolved over time. To be honest, I didn't really think anybody would listen when we first started. <laughs> we so our our target audience was like everybody, but yeah. our like, you know, practical audience was like nobody. But what we wanted to to do is show Latinos that your stories matter. We want your voices to be elevated also. And then we wanted to tell white people like this is what it's like. So we wanted to do both. But then I started, I, I started, you know, having the all these identity crises because the way you present to when you're talking to white people, you kind of have to be very gentle and just being like, you know, you have privileges that we just don't have and it's not your fault and please don't get mad. Whereas if, you know, if we're talking to your own people, you know, you already have that shared experience. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, the, and, and they want to be seen and they want to be heard, you know, so it's kind of like I think it's akin to when you are a woman, you know, when you're a woman. Actually, I know. We don't, we've heard about this, <laughs> this sort of say, well, gender was, business. Yeah. Let's say you're a woman and you break up with your boyfriend. And this is very heteronormative and I apologize for that. But let's say you're a woman, you break up with your boyfriend. What you like to do is you like to go out with your girlfriends and drink wine and watch romantic movies and cry and just be like, men are so stupid. And it because those girls understand, but you don't turn around to your guy friends and be like, he just broke up with me and men are so stupid and because there's that sort of shared experience that you can sort of get through any kind of cultural barriers or you don't have to explain yourself so much and so the the tone that we take i think airs on the side of we are talking to white people mm-hmm. because if we were truly mm-hmm. talking to our people um we'd be more bilingual or we'd have episodes completely in spanish which we don't have and so i think still we might be kind of struggling to find our place in and the in-between. Well, and I might argue that there's probably a subset of white people who would rather hear that. Oh, who well. Who would rather, you know, like, well, you don't have to pander to me. I want a glimpse, you know. <laughs> right. Show me what it's really like. That's true. But we are in Idaho, though. Right. There's, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're talking your, with your Bay Area voice there. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I just, um, you know, the, the point isn't to try and offend people. The point isn't to try and pander to people either. It, the point is just to tell the stories and, in a way that people will really listen. And so yeah. that's as close as we're getting so and far. And like with Tree Ford, yeah, I think we're and Story Ford, I think that audience that you were referring to is, is more I think I a think lot of so, our yeah. audience. Yeah. I mean so that's you're true. more like I want to see the real stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. There is definitely people who are a lot more open to saying, I understand that you have a different walk of life than I do. I understand that you're treated differently, you're looked at differently. And I wanna talk about it, I wanna learn about it. I wanna know how I can help to make sure that I'm not accidentally perpetuating these kinds 
kinds of things. Well, do you um, think also it, it's a different sort of tone coming from a podcast presented by a news organization than if you were three people sitting in a basement, not that I'm speaking from experience or anything, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of talking. Yes and yes, yes and no. Um, so it, that is part of the shift, I think, from when Nicole Foy was with us. Obviously, she was a journalist. She always had to remain very objective when we were talking about these issues. I was some sort of free agent. My organization that I worked for was based in Minnesota, and they didn't care if I said, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then J.J. Saldana is a state employee, so he also needs to, you know... Oh, I don't mean you're worried about getting in trouble. Well, yes, but since Nicole left, we don't have that sort of journalistic integrity as much. We we can have a little bit more of an opinion now. We can state a little hmm. bit more of a bold statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the shift that has been taken over. So, yes, it is part of a news organization, but I'm still a free agent. And I, you know, right. I, I'm a columnist or like a contractor. How do, so, so how does, what's that dynamic like, I guess, Ashley, like just how it works with the paper and how? And you talked about it runs actually in print or online as a kind of text, you know, sort of conversation. And so then it's linked and it's, you can explain better than I'm trying to here. So like Rebecca (laughs) said, she is officially, her role at the Idaho Press is columnist. Her column just happens to be a podcast. So it's kind of Mm. a, it's kind of a new, it's a newer thing. It's not very common. So she is a columnist. She is allowed to run the podcast podcast for as her column uh, the way she wants to she's allowed to be vocal she's allowed to be more critical than nicole was than any other journalist because so, we've had um we have a new uh latino affairs reporter and she's been on the podcast and she when she came on it was the same thing as was as it was with nicole is that she had to be very careful with critiquing certain government agencies the episode she was on was about the police force which no surprise in Idaho is predominantly white and she couldn't be critical of that. She had to be careful about what she said. Whereas Rebecca could be like, Oh, this thing is jacked up. Like it sucks. Like she's allowed to say that. And it, I think it works really well. I, it's hard because I worry that the paper comes off as like a, a police state as far as like controlling. <laughs> Whoa. And so it's just like, so, but Rebecca working outside of that, I think makes the podcast work. Well, Rebecca, when Nicole left, was there a sit down with a decision? You could have slotted the new person in for the same role and you chose not to. Well, I don't know that we chose not to. It's just that she's very new still. Mm. And she's new to the area. She's new to, I mean, the area. She's from California also. Oh, I think she's from. Don't say that. You can't say I know. that. You can't say California. that in Idaho. I'm sorry. You can't. She did it's reveal out, it on the home, podcast, sorry. though. So. We could well, edit that. So we now they're going to paint bomber house. <laughs> As the, like, I was in the discussion about when we hired, her name's Rachel. Um, when we hired Rachel, she, we were worried. It ended up not being a problem, but we were worried she wasn't going to fit in with our friend group because we didn't want to manufacture friendship because that's what made the podcast work so well is that Nicole and Rebecca and JJ and to a certain extent myself are all really good friends. To a lot of extent. To a lot of extent. I love you guys. (laughs) But like, so we didn't want uh, Rachel to come in and like force her into being Nicole and being like, you're our friend now, because what if we hated her? We love her now and she's our friend. (laughs) She's wonderful. We didn't want to just like shove her into that role. And because like, Rebecca said she's new so it's like welcome to Idaho you have to cover this insanely hard complicated beat and then also you have to do this podcast that's kind of overwhelming it's in a terrible studio it's not terrible I'm sorry radio hey. Boise, if you're listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> this it might hot, be this hot studio they were in this this studio this, studio this very yesterday. nice eavesdrop really? studio yesterday oh. so oh, so it's geez. like we didn't want to shove her into that and so she's eventually going to be on more yeah but we just kind of gave mm, her a test okay. yeah. yeah she's just getting her feet on the ground still so Rebecca I want to turn the spotlight on you of course wheels are turning to figure out how you ended up doing a podcast and how you ended up being an audio columnist Ooh. yeah All I just right. made that up probably it's not a great, well that's Someone, what it's called yeah, that's oh, kind of it? what we right. like behind the scenes great I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah what led exactly. you to this position so I'm a former journalist okay uh, my that's what my bachelor's degree is in is in journalism and so I was a journalist for a while in the area including with the Idaho Press back in the day when it was still called the Idaho Press Tribune and I I wrote for a few different papers. What I had wanted to do when I went into journalism was bridge the gap, right? I wanted to mm-hmm. tell our stories and see that our stories were represented in media. That was my biggest reason for going into it. It was my passion. And so when I got into journalism outside of 
college because when I was in college, you know, they, it's so romantic. It's like the, the fourth estate of democracy. And it's, it's, you're just like the hero of the story behind the scenes, yeah. like Bob Woodward type stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you get out into the real world and you realize that journalism is wonderful, but it is a, for the most part, it, it's for profit. And so when you're trying to talk to a very conservative audience, they are, you have to survive as a newspaper and they aren't necessarily open to hearing these like liberal stories about how great Latinos are, which is ridiculous, obviously. But I found it, the territory, much more difficult to navigate. I felt very disempowered. And so I left journalism and I was like, you know what I actually really want to be is an advocate. And so I left journalism and I went into nonprofit communications. And so I, I went for a statewide nonprofit organization that helps farm workers who are all Latino in Idaho. You know, and I was a voice. I, I was part of giving them a voice in a lot of spaces. And I loved it. And then I went to this national organization that was sexual assault and domestic violence prevention within Latino communities across the country and I love that too however a lot of journalists when they leave journalism they go into marketing and well, yet it's like you sell your soul yeah it pays better mm -hmm. and it's it's you you go to the dark side mm -hmm. because it pays better and they have cookies I, I actually thought it was funny because I was a journalist in San Francisco and right. well, people leave it in droves but for none of the heroic reasons you left it's exactly. just because we're not getting paid Exactly. Simple. They want to make a little wage. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's always it's the the X that you never fully get over. And so I always <laughs> loved journalism. I've you know, I still loved it. And so Nicole Foy comes in, she starts covering this and she starts doing what I couldn't do. Uh, which is giving that voice to the Latino community here and reporting on those stories. And, you know, she did it years and years after I attempted to do it and everything was different. The bosses were different. The community had shifted. The culture had shifted a little bit, you know, but she she also is just a much better reporter than I ever was. And she just came in and really killed it. And so, uh, you know, we, we ended up becoming friends because I was just had all the respect in the world for her. I still have all the respect in the world for her. And so the reason why this podcast came about is because JJ Saldana and I have been friends for a long time and we'd have these brunches where we would just go out we would brunch and the brunch would start at like 10 a.m. and then we would like quote unquote brunch until like 10 p.m. <laughs> and all we would do is gossip about the Latino community because he's very well connected because of his job and I was well connected because of my job and also a lot of the volunteer work that I had been doing and so we're like oh my gosh did you hear that so-and-so got mad at so-and-so and this person doesn't even care and we would just gossip and we would have a grand old time and then Nicole kind of started getting folded in just she and I became friends and we were like you know what we are so knowledgeable and like we're so entertaining we should have like a tv show or a <laughs> podcast and that was just we, you know it was not a serious idea but we kept saying that and then um we talked to each other a lot on Twitter and I don't know if you guys realize Twitter's pretty public so <laughs> the editor really? yeah the editor of the Idaho Press at the time was Scott McIntosh and so we we had said that again like oh my gosh look at us go we're just so amazing we should have a podcast and he sees this interaction and he says yes and then that's when the discussions became serious and then it became an Idaho Press podcast and Nicole was going to provide the news and I was going to provide the commentary and then it, that's where it took off and he gave us essentially everything that we needed to get started and so we're, we're super grateful I'm super grateful to the Idaho Press um, are you their only great. podcast right now is there a, the... no they have a sports one right Ash yeah sports. Oh, uh, we're the only consistent sense. one okay mm. sports <laughs> is kind of like... which is hallmark you got to be consistent yeah right mm -hmm. they're the ones that's kind of they come in when they have a cool story they actually do this kind of cool one i don't like it because i'm i don't like sports um but it's like they interview hall of famers from bsu's history i've never listened to it but it's, <laughs> the idea is cool yeah, that is a cool idea <laughs> yeah your super yeah. fan episode was kind of a crossover then the yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. bsu Could have been both. pimp or yeah. what was his other name yep bsu pimp or oh, voodoo, daddy. Daddy. Voodoo, daddy. voodoo daddy yes yeah. no actual name he's very secretive yeah like he we weren't allowed to record <laughs> like video him it was wild it was not it was it was way more interesting than i even anticipated <laughs> Maybe it's, a little like a side note. Just tell me what what he does as a super fan because that oh is gosh. interesting. He's, it goes well. He's a Latino painting, right? guy. He's Latino. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So this guy starts tailgating. He, he was like invited us to tailgate with him, and he was like, "Yeah, I get there at five a.m. for a game that starts at eight p.m." Yeah, and we were it's like, sort of nope. like you're brunching, I guess. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so point. we get there, and it's a 
party. What time did you get there? We got there at 10. I Not at 5 a.m. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious, what was his condition five hours after starting? <laughs> he was perfect. He was perfect. Yeah, clear-eyed. Yeah, yeah, clear-eyed, ready the to go. Food. Lots of oh energy. Oh, my gosh, the best food. Great food. Lots yeah. of good food. And it was just like, it was like walking with a celebrity because we like were in everyone his Everyone knows him. Yeah. And he just kept getting stopped, and everyone was just like, oh, I love this guy. Like, oh, he's so great. And yeah, he's, oh, he's here. It was did, so When weird. you were interviewing, did, did you talk about his un- sports life what's his regular life he, like we, Didn't we want to asked talk about him it? questions about it and he was like not nah. important nah this is what you're here to That's see yeah up. he's slightly older so he tells stories kind of like a dad very in the much sense so. that <laughs> he goes from point a to point e and then back to c and then so you have to really well you see he should have his own podcast then yeah. <laughs> it would be a wild podcast it would, boys and sports podcast he would cover all of history in 40 minutes yeah <laughs> well, maybe we should have him on. Yeah, oh, really? He's, he's a very interesting no, guy. No, you gotta go. You don't want to bring him in. You oh, go with him. You gotta go. Yes, where the food f- is. Yeah, just the food. The food alone. What, oh, what, is it, what does he got? What kind of food? Oh, what it's different he every time, but he yeah. had pozole. He had tamales. He had um, carnitas. He had other kind of, one other kind of taco. Plus mm. beer, which I, I was on the clock, so I was not yeah, drinking. That, that's unfortunate that yes. we couldn't partake but <laughs> was was among that your favorite underrated mexican food my favorite underrated mexican no i don't think he I had thought... that but the tamales were really good mm. the best in the bsu parking lot probably yeah ever yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we walked around and looked at everybody else and we were like nah this ain't it <laughs> well it's probably just barbecue everywhere else yeah. right it's all yeah, the same dogs. all yeah. the same thing when you sat down that first time did you ever realize with a horrified rush that there's a big difference between having brunch and sitting down in front of microphones <laughs> oh the first episode might be so speaking rough. from experience again well i actually did a podcast for my paid job oh okay and so i was the only one who wasn't sweating bullets Nicole and JJ both. So what it was is we had one, we we didn't have a partnership with Radio Boise at the time. So we had one microphone in the middle of a table in in an office space where the sound acoustics were so terrible. We had a loud printer in the room with us. We had a clock that did the tick, tick, tick with the seconds. We had, and it was echoey and it was awful and we're all huddled around this one microphone oh wow and um how long did that last how many episodes just one, one. just the one thankfully one. how did you hook up with radio boise after that so wayne at radio boise scott mcintosh who again was the editor at the time the podcast podcast started um was visiting radio boise for some other reason and he mentioned that to wayne and wayne and i vaguely knew each other because we kind of run boise's literary arts and like creative arts circles as christian well right. is very isolated so we like ran into each other distantly and we just started talking and we had a meeting and the idea was and potentially still is to um play certain episodes on radio Boise. so we that's something we're working towards because this is in the grand scheme of things the podcast is relatively new yeah it kind of just came about because we just asked and they were like hell yeah we're like they're like of course and so they give us the studio space whenever we need it and we've been we did a we've done just one crossover because they have another podcast mm-hmm. um big tent and so rebecca and jj were on big tent and we've had their gosh what's her name uh the radio she does the Janita. yeah we've had a and no 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 who does their um lang- their spanish language radio oh odette odette yes we had odette on so we've done like a few like crossover episodes of, that's like, right promoting yeah so it's kind of the, what they get out of it and it must have felt pretty good to get in a real studio after oh gosh <laughs> So yeah, because like, so I, my thesis in grad school was uh, podcasting. So kind of got brought in to, after they, they had the idea and then I got, got brought in to make mm-hmm. it a reality. Mm-hmm. And so I was used to recording in a closet, like not to be gross, but in my underwear because it was so hot because the closet was <laughs> the only soundproof area of my apartment. And so, and it's so hot. And so you're just, it was just me recording. And so when I got into studio, I was just like so excited. Do you do all the back end? Yeah. Yep. She does. She does the editing. She does the soundboard. She makes sure our microphones are working. I, I'm the person who yells at them because yeah. JJ has a habit. You'll notice it if you listen to all the episodes. JJ has a habit of bringing in iced 
um, <laughs> drinks. <laughs> and so I hear him. I hear the ice and I hear the straw. Like he's moving the straw. That is funny. Oh, he's killing me. He's killing me. This episode I'm editing right now, the two ho- the two guests that we had, they talk with their hands and they kept hitting the microphone. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. We had a problem with that our first episode yeah. too here. Yeah. Someone kept banging the table. Yeah. I, I was not banging the table, but I was <laughs> tapping the table. Oh, we yeah. have, we've had others do this, too. You, you kind of can't tell that when you're on the headphones, it sounds like you're banging the table, but yeah. I think you yeah. were tapping the table. I, my fist was not No, you weren't. Made, yes, you were emphatically <laughs> making a point. I was, yes. <laughs> so it was my job to yell at all our guests. I felt so bad. It was actually with the Odette episode. Um, oh, I had yeah. my back, because the way the re- recording works out is um, my back is to, the, um, to everybody, and... She moved something, but I thought it was JJ. So I turned around and screamed at him. Not screamed at him, but I was just like, In the middle of the episode? Yeah. yeah. It was before we were recording. Okay. But I was like, stop. You're killing me. And I just hear the quietest, like, I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. If I had known that was you, I wouldn't have yelled at you because I'm so used to fighting with JJ and Rebecca. Because Rebecca <laughs> so has a habit of All the everyone. dirty laundry's coming out. Oh, now. yeah, yeah. Everyone has, on the podcast has a habit. I just caught myself doing it, too, where they turn to the person who's talking. Oh, and I so know. the audio just, like, fluctuates. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that you don't think about. But mm-hmm. it's like when I'm editing it, I'm like, you're killing me. Like, you're <laughs> killing me. Have you had, without naming names, have you had any guests who froze? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, we so have. what and did you do Ash in that situation? Ash edited it out with obviously not. Oh. So, it, you know, we're not recording live, which is great. Mm-hmm. So when they freeze, which has happened before, mm-hmm. Ash will edit it out in post. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just give them a second. We're just like, take your time. Oh, Take good. a deep breath. You know, because they, they get nervous mm-hmm. and which is kind of wild. I mean, it's just, you never it's just know. our little rinky dink podcast. But yeah, yeah, we just like, take your time. Maybe have a glass of water. We can take a break if you want to. You know, and that's happened before. And then we just, we hang out for a few minutes while they kind of. <sighs> take some deep breaths. Yeah, exactly. And then we keep going. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the response you've gotten. And then we're going to slide into some Story Fort All stuff. Right. Sounds awesome. Um, so we, we sort of outlined earlier what your hopes and purposes were for this podcast. So have you gotten a sense yet that you're moving the needle at all? Uh, anecdotally, feedback, anything like that? The feedback has been just phenomenal. Yeah. I, as with every podcaster, every person who's working on a project, every creative type, there is a fear that no one will listen to it. They will reject you outright. And so when we release that first terrible episode just terrible episode. <laughs> so you did release it, it was yeah, yeah it's out there we did was that a hard decision no it was well it wasn't for them it was for me because it's like a good content episode but the oh, quality is so bad i gotta bad. listen to this yeah it's the quality is just like the printer was, yeah yeah so i we released it and i was just like oh my gosh everyone's gonna know i'm a hack they're gonna take away my master's degree like this <laughs> but then the the oh the response has just been I per, I hear it from white people and white people love the podcast <laughs> so because white I I don't I would say that white people feel most comfortable coming up to talk to me about the podcast mm-hmm. whereas you prop Rebecca and JJ and Nicole and Rachel and everyone else probably gets the actual community coming to talk to them and what has That's the community true. said well um, the ones who speak English say they love the podcast they're like I love that you're finally giving light to the these like kind of unsung heroes in our communities who are doing great things. I love listening to it, you know, and they just love connecting with it. They're like, oh my gosh, you were talking about pupusas the other day and I, I love mm-hmm. pupusas and, you know, and so they just love it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is something it's, it's for me. It's something I can get involved in. On the other side of that, I'm having a really hard time, obviously talking to Latinos who prefer Spanish who prefer speaking Spanish and listening to Spanish. And we, we've had actually Lijanira, whom I mentioned earlier, is a Spanish language radio DJ. You know, and the, the, they're from Radio Rancho, which is the, like the big one in the area in Spanish. And so for Latinos in this area, for whatever reason, radio is like where it's at. They don't have really Spanish language newspapers. They don't really have TV in Spanish. And so they get their news often from the radio. How many Spanish language stations are there? Do you know? There's there's actually quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
would say maybe five, which is not bad. <laughs> For a community this size, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, that's that's not bad. Two of them are just purely religious talk radio, and then the other ones are music, and it's like the same kind of music. Mm-hmm. But that that's kind of been my struggle where I tell people who prefer Spanish, oh, I have this podcast. It's in English, though. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's okay. I'll still listen to it. Where, where can I find it? What station are you on? And I'm like, well, we're not <laughs> on a station. It's on the internet. Internet, and they're like, oh, so it's not like a real show. Out. And I'm like, yeah, they just, it, you know, it's very different. So that's why I struggle kind of like with who am I really doing this for? Maybe that'll improve or with, have more outreach when Radio Boise puts it on air like yeah. once a week or yeah, something like yeah. that. Or once, yeah. you know. I would hope so. It's and I think growing. It, like, yeah, it is. Not it's to getting momentum. interrupt Rebecca, but it is like there's a steady incline. Of, yeah. Yeah, incline, incline. of Growth. listeners, especially because so, uh, two episodes, three episodes, four episodes ago, we had Jose Antonio Vargas on, which is obviously it was so big for us. And so yeah. he tweeted it and he was like, this was my favorite, my favorite podcast interview or like something to that effect. And it was, it blew up <laughs> to his 118,000 yeah, followers. Jose Antonio Vargas nice. was like, Why don't you give us a sense of who he is? I know his story a bit from you know, talking uh, yeah, to his folks. You, but... Rebecca can probably speak more. To yeah. That. So Jose Antonio Vargas is, he's from um, the, the Philippines, Philippines. Uh, but he was, he's undocumented. So he came to the United States when he was 11. Um, and then he, he didn't really even find out that he was undocumented not 11 sorry way younger than that i'm thinking of somebody else but he came to the united states and he he was very intelligent he he did so well in school he ended up being a pulitzer prize winning journalist he wrote for the washington post you know he was on cnn he's he did a whole bunch of things you know but he never really felt like he could be his full self so he came out as gay first but then he came out as undocumented he said that was a much more difficult one and so now he's an activist he's written a book he's wrote he's directed a few successful documentaries about his life and then he founded an organization a nationwide organization called define american and they're obviously they're, they're very busy right now with what's happening with DACA in the Supreme Court but they're very very well established they're well recognized and so he is quite the leader in in the sort of immigrant rights movement he's known in journalism how did you get him on the show so we actually there's there's a, a gentleman here in Idaho. His name is... Is that Nate? Nate yeah. Hoffman. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I tried I, to call him Wayne and then at the Hoffman. Tim. And then there was, yeah. Tim. Tim. I knew yes. she was going to get it. I had it. I, just, okay. I knew she was going to get it. So I was letting her Thank get you. it. Thank <laughs> you. So, yeah. So he actually got a, a job recently with Define American as their like comms manager. He knew, obviously, that Jose Antonio Vargas was available to come to Idaho. He brought him to Idaho and then he was the one actually who connected the podcast to um, Jose Antonio Vargas and I'm so, so grateful for it. It's it's always a big moment in the life of a podcast that has guests when you get that big oh guest. My oh yeah. Gosh. And the thing about that That's episode so again from a getting into a tech standpoint is that it was also recorded in a office building in the middle of winter so the heat's on and it's a quality or technically horrific episode. And of course that has to be our mo- most popular. <laughs> uh-huh. It has to be our best one. <laughs> and it kills me but I'm just like okay, it's not as bad as she describes it. She, yeah, but, she's the worst I like critic that dynamic, of that. Yeah. yeah, you're here to worry about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm the, I have to be the adult in the situation, <laughs> even though I'm the youngest by far. <laughs> it's and, true. And what have you done for outreach and promotion? What have we done? We have just been kind of relying on the Idaho Press's um, readership because we we do serve primarily Canyon County, so we use the paper to promote the podcast. So, for instance, when we had Leo Morales, who's the executive director of uh, the ACLU in Idaho, when he was on the story the interview that we did with him was so amazing he talked about just again like Rebecca said it was right when there was the scare about ICE agents showing up in Canyon County and so he talked about knowing your rights Mm-hmm. And knowing what to do if ice comes to your door and knowing what to do if you're, if ice comes to your neighbor's door and you're white. And I think that was particularly powerful because again, I'll, I know a large percentage of our listeners are white. Mm-hmm. They're people who kind of like are me in the sense that they are trying to alleviate their white guilt. So they like to listen to the podcast because this is me just guessing is frequently <laughs> on the podcast when I show up, cause I do appear in a few episodes and I'm, you know, the producer i'm in the background yeah yelling at people (laughs) i'm always dunked on like it is my whiteness is rightfully made fun of like we have this whole episode it's one of my favorite episodes not just for mine too yeah it's one of our best episodes is rebecca and nicole teaching me how to order tacos in spanish 
because Spanish, <laughs> my mouth was not meant. So to... it's good natured dunking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I know that you can just see it. That that's why a lot of white people listen to it because they're like, oh, we do do that. We do. Oh, we are trash like that. And so, like, they love it. But anyways, so we, I wrote up a little thing in the paper of just like, hey, I don't press readers. You should check out this podcast because this is what we discuss. It's basically just like a summary of the episode. And then, so that's been a recent thing we've been doing is using the paper to kind of promote the podcast. And live events. Live events. Such as. Such as. Story yes. for it. 2020. Is that our segue? That's our segue. Okay. That's a good one. Thank you. Very subtle. I liked it. <laughs> It was very subtle. I'm not sure subtle. how subtle that was, very but subtle. yeah, we um, we kind of connected at the end of summer mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm. um, in 2019 to just, oh, I guess over the last couple of years, I should say that we worked with uh, Poder, which is a local activist organization telling Latino, Latinx stories and working on going back to D.C. and protesting and some of the members getting arrested and that kind of fun, cool stuff and looking for change and policy. We worked with them to tell some stories of the of DACA recipients and, and people who've directly been affected by the policy. About a couple of years ago, we did that. And then last year, we had an event um, called Border Stories, where we told a lot of stories of people affected directly by immigration issues, mm-hmm. people who've lost relatives who've been deported, and people who've worked in a couple a couple of um, immigration lawyers who you know in town, mm-hmm. Ben and Maria, um, and some others who've been down in sort of the camps, if you will, you know, the, the holding pens and such, and we're right. working on, you know, giving people legal help. So we brought those kind of narratives to Storyport, and then I think you applied i mean mm-hmm. i knew actually from in you interned at the cab in one yes, of our great partners I, well technically christian was my employee for a summer oh, that's right because I, I was in charge of <laughs> you're getting camps. paid right now and so yeah. we're not you're, you're the only yeah. one that you, you know what this you're is doing. a theme here they're always getting paid yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, she ran if yeah. you were an intern but then you moved on up to mm-hmm. run these summer writing camps yes and christian was one of my the teachers i worked with and so i like to mention that i was just like oh yeah we're working with them now I used to be his boss. Yeah. <laughs> By the you, way, you still if I can kind just, of are, that's fine. If I can just really quick put, we all have like nicknames on the podcast, and hers is La Jefa, which translates the to the boss. Because oh, yeah. I have to jefe. be the cop. I have to be the white stick in the mud when people are like, "Hey guys, we we gotta we gotta get we gotta get back on track." This might be out of line, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like you hate it. Oh no, I love it. Oh, no, I love it. Because that's my role in our friend group too. When we go to brunch, that's I'm so like, true. I'm like, they want to go. Like she says, they want to go till 10 p.m. And I was like. I have a job. <laughs> I, I have, oh my God, I, I can't drink this much on a weekend. <laughs> what about my eight hours of sleep? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is, is, is the Story Fort, which we'll talk about the, your event coming up, is it your first live event? Or have you done other no. live events? The, well, I don't know if it's an event, but we recorded live with the big tent. But I, as far as like a live an event. An audience? Yeah, it is. All right, it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, that said, what I said about the other programming we've had, um, and you actually sent in a submittable application um, to StoryPort, and I actually wasn't familiar with the podcast, so I recognized your face um, mm-hmm. when I looked it up and all that, but then talking to Dora Ramirez and Irene Ruiz and the other people we've worked with, they are familiar with that community um, mm-hmm. and, and do a lot of great work, and I don't know if they've been a part of the podcast yet, but they, they knew about it, and so partners we've had before helped this new partnership happen, and... We're going to have a live podcast stage at Storyport and Treefort 2020. So at this point, when this is being you know recorded, we have not booked all the podcasts, so I can't tell you anybody else, but we do have the Latino card on um, the ticket, I guess, okay. if you will. So, and actually part of what you're going to be doing is going to be kind of a discussion on stage, which is not necessarily the podcast itself. And my notes say that we're calling it sort of intersectional activism. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could speak to the ideas we discussed and sure. you, you brainstormed with some other folks who are going to be involved, but that's going to be probably the kickoff event of the entire festival at noon on Wednesday. No so, pressure. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> first live event, first yeah. <laughs> I'm and actually so excited. I, are I you have... recording the whole thing? Sorry to interrupt, but will you be recording the whole thing? Okay. That one will probably be recorded by like yeah. Radio Boise and some of the Storyport okay. team, but then yeah. we're also going to have you on our live mm-hmm. podcast stage right. and Thursday, have... I believe. So yeah, yeah. that's going to have a different vibe so that's one to of it. their episodes. So, but okay. Explain mm-hmm. a little bit what you were thinking on this intersectional activism Absolutely. at this point. 
Yeah. So, and yeah, like you said, it's not fully fleshed out yet, but it has been very immigrant specific for a very long time at Story for It, as you had mentioned. And I think one of actually the reasons why we started the podcast again is that whenever Idahoans think of Latinos, they always think immigration and they only ever bring Latinos to the table when they, when they're talking about immigration. And of course, immigration is a huge issue for Latinos, but it's not the only issue. Latinos care about jobs, security, economics. They care about education. They care about health care. They care about everything that everybody else cares about, too. We're not just immigration. And so that was, I think, kind of like the spirit I, that we're wanting to bring out this year is like, yes, immigration is big for us. There will be stories about immigration because especially now it's getting really, really hard for us to even just read the news about what's happening in immigration. Yeah. Um, but there's also so much more. There are Latinos and they have a very, you know, traditionally, especially Mexicans, which is what's mostly here in Idaho. They have a very, I guess I would say traditional view of like LGBT communities. Mm-hmm. And that makes it very difficult for LGBT people sometimes who are also Latinos or who are immigrants, you know, and so we're, we're bringing some of somebody who who has that kind of intersection where it's Latino and LGBT. We have, I think we're bringing on some Native American voices too. They have their own view on immigration, first of all, but they also face a lot of the same kind of disenfranchisement that Latinos do here in Idaho. They typically live in food deserts. They're more likely to be people who live in poverty or they're overrepresented in all of the places that we don't want people like in the jails and in, you know, the, the lines to get food stamps and whatever it is. They're overrepresented presented but they're still very resilient and strong and they have a voice and they are you know somehow still fighting i don't know how they they don't just like get tired and just go to sleep for the rest of the week every week but so we wanted to be able to tell those stories and we wanted to be able to tell them from people who are not as well recognized because as you mentioned the attorneys maria and ben you know they're they're from immigrant justice idaho and and they're also from andrade law and they are well-known people know who they are you see them kind of everywhere and they have been able to have essentially a microphone to their face a lot but we want to tell the stories of the people who have been quietly working on the ground all this time and who have those intersections yeah and i think that's lot of what we've been wanting to have, you know, we had a kind of bed Maria and Ben and some other slightly more high profile folks, but also just some younger activists, Rixo. Um, and then, yeah, yeah he was, was, very she was amazing. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, this is in keeping with a lot of what we want to do and bring to the, to the fest and to story for it. So I'm, it's, I'm excited for this and it's very so cool. I. To, I get to learn about all kinds of different communities myself and our, our team does, but yeah. So then the podcast, you're not, maybe not sure what the podcast is going to be about during story for it but we have an idea it's a little ways out at this point it is okay um but we're so excited i think about it all the time so that is actually the one time that we are going to not maybe the one time but that's when we're we're going to bring nicole foy back oh great Um, nice yeah and we really want to talk about not just the latino card but we just want to expand it into representation in media kind of in general and have a a conversation about how that reflects in the community both the latino community and the non-latino community and why it's important and why I would like for it to be more of a dialogue where, again, we really want to be connected to the people who listen to us and see if we are providing them, you know, the kinds of education or the what what it is that they expect from us. And so we would like to be able to tell it like this is where we are coming from. This is what we're trying to do. We want to hear um, from you. So that's mm-hmm, our that's, general idea. Yeah. And we do look to give the voices on the stage and the podcast stage this year. And then also then I guess kind of the confines of Storyport venues, kind of a place where people can have conversations afterwards or get information about how to become active in the community or kind of in in helping. We had a couple of lawyers who are in the audience who are one of my friends, Paul, he, he's just retiring, but he's now doing like pro bono work with uh, Immigrant Justice Idaho. Nice. And just because he was there at that event and oh, wow. it was like, so we, we like bring that as an element to, and just to talk to the, you know, the different pe- people you wouldn't normally get a chance to talk to as much, but in different communities and all that. So that's very much in keeping with um, Story Fort's mission and Tree Fort is just, you know, it's a festival of discovery and their tagline also is just um, Tree Fort is for everyone. And that idea, is what you're bringing is definitely something of, uh, you know, it's just right in keeping with so much of what the festival is all about. Well, thank you. We're, we're really... I, I mean, I usually don't talk for other people, but I would. I think I'm accurate in saying we're really, really excited and super honored, honestly, to to be a part of it. Story Fort's huge, Tree Fort's huge, and so for you guys to 
reach out to us and give us some space is just so incredible and we're really really grateful well you're very welcome i couldn't you know el jefe bring her bring her to the fest this year so she was a great boss by the way she actually was she wasn't bossy as a boss when i was (laughs) for me at least towards me oh no so just to say yeah horrible too. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a little pride in that voice. Uh, yeah. She's, gotta some, do it. she's sometimes gotta be... a pushover though. Oh. She's she's secretly Because this super is what sweet. they'll do. <laughs> Let me go off for a second. They will plan two outings with our friend group two days in a row. That does not work for me. I, I do one thing. And one you, get, fun... you get FOMO? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. No, of course I'm not doing. We just went out last night. And then you Are just you go insane? out, right? Yeah. And then they're like, but we want you to. And I was like, well, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess I <laughs> yeah she's. You the... made the right choice. I know. We are out of time. How about that? Fast, I know. Why don't you uh, tell us where we can find the Latino card? I'll let Rebecca say it because she says it every episode. This is true. This is her line. You can follow the Latino card on Twitter at the Latino card. We also have a Facebook account that is facebook.com slash the Latino card. But you can also follow each and every one of us on Twitter individually. We're very active and we love to talk to people on Twitter. So Ash is A-M-I-N Boise. So it's a men Boise. That's not what it is. You're killing me. <laughs> I have a very good Twitter. Page, and I it. We it's had Amin, a conversation. Right? It's, it's, no, it's it's a an homage so, to Idi Amin. No. <laughs> All right. So my initial, I'm Ashley Miller. So my initials are AM. Okay. So it's AM in Boise, like a radio show. Like hi, you're oh, listening AM to AM. Yeah, you're sure. listening to AM in Boise. Okay. And everyone, and we were like. 15 episodes in when Rebecca Rebecca brought up my Twitter handle and she butchered it. And I was like, <laughs> like I just did just now. Yeah, exactly. So I am AM in Boise, like a radio show. Hey. I thought it was a minute Boise, oh, like a minute dumb. Boise. That's dumb. It is dumb, but I am, <laughs> I guess I am a dumb person who likes minutes <laughs> and Boise. So that's what I saw in it. Um, but yeah, so mine is just my name, Rebecca A. De Leon. Uh, my middle initial is A. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> Rebecca A. De Leon. And then JJ is at JJ Saldana. S-A-L-D-A-N-A. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to have someone on a podcast who knows how that works. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> what, saying the, yep, the handle or everything like that? Okay. Like, um, what is my... Uh. And then, yeah, we're on SoundCloud, and we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on, I don't know Android, but I know... Google Play. Google Play. <laughs> and I'm... and at the uh, the newspaper website every other Friday. Yes. Yep. And that's Supposedly. a that's a link, not a transcription, right? No, that's... Yeah, so usually, sometimes it's a recap of the episode if it's really good. Mm-hmm. If not... I mean, like, every episode's really good, but if it translates well into an article, I should say, it's a write-up. And then it links to the bottom at the bottom. But mostly we, yeah, it's just a link for the most part. Fair enough. And as for us, we want to thank Tree Fort Music Fest. Yes, that is correctly said. <laughs> and Eavesdrop Studios. And, and Eavesdrop Studios. Where I guess also this, you'll now live at least in one episode oh, for true. now. You yeah. know, on their yeah. network and um, with Tree Fort stuff. The luxurious awesome. confines of, tree, of Eavesdrop. <laughs> As for us, Mr. Wynn, when will we see us again? Uh, see you at the fest. Yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah, that's our little sign-off. <laughs> Love it. Tomorrow, but tomorrow never came.